somewhat like I think of with Christmas and Easter. As I travel around, there's many pastors that have said, we have more visitors on Mother's Day than we do on Easter or Christmas. And there's a way that moms can get their children and grandchildren to church uh, than maybe even Christmas or Easter can't do. But uh, but I, I think about it any time I get into the pulpit, you know, preaching is a hard thing to do. You, know, you, you go through the week, you're bombarded with the world, and then you come here to a service and the pastor's been praying, he's been working, he's been studying. It takes uh, about 8 to 10, sometimes 15 hours to build a message You know that you're going to preach for 30 minutes and all the praying, the agonizing that goes in on that. Because you want to bring eternity to light. We're bombarded with temporal values. And, and so preaching is a, a difficult thing, but God empowers it. And, uh, and God can do more in an hour together than what the world can do in a week. And so uh, it's a hard thing. And, and this morning as I've been praying, and even last several days, when wrestling and struggling with what the Lord would have for us this morning, I felt opposition. And, uh, and I believe that, that God wants to do something in our hearts this morning to remind us of eternity's values. Uh, and Revelation chapter 22, we're going to begin in verse 6, and we'll read all the way down to the end of the, of the verse, or the chapter there to verse 21. But Revelation chapter 22, begin in verse 6. It says, And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord, of, the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must be shortly done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. You know, Christ can come at any time. Amen. This could be the last service. <laughs> this could be my last message. I don't know. This could be the last time we'll gather together. Christ could come back today. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this prophecy and this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And what was his response? And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he said unto me, he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the last, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. 
and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away the word from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He that testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Holy God, we come before you this morning. Lord, we thank you for a new day. We thank you for this Sunday, this day once again that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, we meet here on Sunday because of that. We thank you that you are the the victor over sin and death, that you're the conqueror of the grave. I thank you that we have eternal life through thee. Lord, as you've gathered us here into this room, into this building, for this time, Lord, you've placed us together for a reason, for a specific purpose. Lord, I don't know what's going on in the hearts of those that are represented here this morning. Lord, there are some here that, that may be brokenhearted. Lord, on the outside, they've got the smile and, and, uh, and seem to be doing well, but inside, they, they are just, uh, just crumbling apart. I pray that you would touch their need right now this, in this service. Lord, there are some here that may not know Thee as Savior. I pray that, that they would see their need for Christ, that they would be confronted with their sin, that they would uh, see their, their need uh, to come to a saving knowledge of You, and that You would change someone's eternal destiny today. And then, Lord, I pray for those of us that many times we live for temporal values. I pray that You would burn eternity upon our eyes and help us to live and set our affections on things above and not on things on this earth. Thank you, Lord, for mothers. Thank you, Lord, for my mother and my grandmother that instilled a, a Christian character into me. Thank you uh, for their faithfulness and for uh, being examples of Christ. Lord, may you exalt yourself here this morning. May you empower your word. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you knew that you only had 12 hours to live, what would you do? Some of you, you come here, it's Mother's Day, and your mothers have already gone uh, and passed away. You wish that maybe you could, could call them up one more time. Have one more conversation with them. Tell them that you love them and, and have that one more time of conversation, but you can't. They've passed away. And the, the, the truth of the matter is that that is all of our destiny. Ten out of ten people die. At some point, you're going to die. And here, if you only had 12 hours before you stood before God, how would your life change in the next 12 hours? What would you do in those hours? For people who, some people know their specific hour of their death, no one knows the hour of Christ's return. Every day should be lived as if it were our last. And the devil wants to blind us 
to eternity, wants to blind us with temporal things in this world. Yes, we've got to work and live and do all these other things. Certainly, uh, that's part of God's plan in our lives. But we can be so enamored with the things of this world that we're not spending time in the Word of God. We're not spending time in prayer. It's easy to neglect church. It's easy to not think about the lost souls that are around us. Linda Ravenhill said, The devil has thrown the dust of time into our eyes and has blinded us to eternity. I wish I could say that every day of my life, even since being called to preach or even being in evangelism now seven years, I wish I could say every day of my life I have been gripped by eternity. But I haven't. I wish I could say every moment this past week I've been gripped with eternity's values, but I haven't. Oh, that we would realize that... (laughs) That God's on the winning side. That this, what we're reading about in Revelation chapter 22, we're going to see Him exalted high above His throne. The devil is defeated foe, which I want to get to that real quick too. Look at Revelation 20 verse 10. This isn't part of the message, but I love to read it anytime I get a chance. Revelation 20 verse 10 says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Boy, I love that verse. I love it that the devil is defeated foe. This is his future. God is the victor, and his time is short. And he's busy about, and you, we can all agree about the condition of America, and the condition of our churches. And I believe that, that, that truly the devil has thrown the dust of time into our eyes and has blinded us to eternity. He doesn't want us to, to think that he's on the losing side. He wants us to think that he's on the winning side. You know, the devil has fake news too. <laughs> He'd like to make you think that he's stronger and bigger and, and more powerful than God. Oh, he's, he's more powerful than you and I. But, greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And so, uh, we are on the winning side. And we ought to be gripped with the things of God. We ought to have the heartbeat of God. Go over to the book of James. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse 6, he says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What's the mode of victory? How do we get victory in our lives? Submit ourselves to God. Resist the devil. Verse 8, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. You're as close to God right now as you want to be. You want to get close to God? He wants to get close to you. (laughs) Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. Look at verse number 13. James chapter 4 and verse 13. Go to now ye that say... Today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not which shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? A very probing question. What is your life? He didn't say what is life. 
didn't say what is our lives, but he says what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. That vapor of, of, uh, of a tea kettle, it, you see it just for a few moments and then it's gone. God says your life is like that. Just a few moments and it's gone. Those of us that are getting older and even those that are older than me, you realize life is, goes by so fast. Every year just seems to get faster and faster. Our life truly is a, ba- a vapor. So we need to live our vapor to the fullest. Stewarding our time with wisdom means that we won't assume tomorrow will be like today. Today's opportunities may disappear tomorrow. Tomorrow itself may disappear before today ends. This could be the last day. This could be uh, your last time you're going to be in church. So we need to live our vapor. If you only had 12 hours to live, what would change in your life? He says, and go back to Revelation chapter 21, or 22 rather, in verse 6. He says there in verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. Notice the three times in Revelation 22 that Christ repeats that promise. Verse 7, and then verse 12. He says, and behold, I come quickly. And then in verse 20 of Revelation 22, he says, surely I come quickly. Two words are used for emphasis. Behold is a word of attention. God is trying to get your attention. He's trying to get my attention. We are to look and to be watchful. But then this last one, surely... That's a word of assurance. We don't know the definite time, but we have a definite promise that Christ is coming back. Behold, I come quickly. Surely, I come quickly. But when Jesus Christ comes back, there's going to be three things that will never happen again. We see several things that uh, when we go to heaven, get to the new earth, the new heaven and new earth, that eternal abode for believers... In this beautiful picture, God identifies a number of things that will be no more. Look at verse uh, 20, chapter 21, verse 1. He says, there will be no more sea. And I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. The sea is a picture in the Scriptures of our restless and ever-changing world. Isaiah 57, 20 says, but the wicked are like the troubled seed when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There's going to be no more sea. Uh, Verse number 4, he says, And God shall wipe all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. In chapter 21, verse 22, it says, And I saw no temple therein. For the Lamb God, the Lord God Almighty, and the Lamb are the temple of it. There's no temple. God is there. God will be enough and we'll be with Him. Verse 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. We're going to see that. Those of us that know Christ is our Savior, we're going to see that. Amen. We're going to see the, the brightness there of His glory. There's going to be no more need of the sun, neither of the moon. And then, uh, verse 20, 
20, uh, 22 verse 5 says there's going to be no more night. He says in verse 22 verse 3, there should be no more curse. In verse, uh, chapter 21 verse 27, it says, And there should be in no wise enter any thing that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are, which are written in the Lamb's book of life. There's no more sin, no more evil. I'm looking forward to that. No more sin, no more evil, no more struggling with our flesh. Uh, what a wonderful time that's going to be. No more curse. No more death. And these are wonderful truths. But when Christ comes back, there's three other truths that, that are going to happen, that, 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 we, uh, that we're going to miss out on, that are going to be no more. Number one, we see when Christ comes back, there will be no time, no more time for unbelievers to be saved. Look at verse number 10 of Revelation 22. And he saith unto me, Seal not the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. <clears throat> and he that is holy, let him be holy still. When Christ comes... Those who have rejected Christ, the sinners, will be lost forever. Hearts will not change at the last moment. Christ, uh, uh, he says uh, what, uh, in 2, Timothy, or 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, that God is going to send a strong delusion, a lie. Those who have rejected the truth will believe a lie. Souls who are lost when Christ comes will be lost for eternity. And why hasn't Christ come back? Why hasn't uh, you, I've heard I've heard Bill Maher uh, make fun of and joke about I mean, just as it, it's prophesied in the scriptures, saying, "Yeah, they promise of Christ coming, but where is He? Where is the promise of His coming?" I've heard Bill Maher say that. Why hasn't Christ come yet? Second Peter three nine. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. A merciful God is giving opportunity for people to repent of their sin and place their faith in Christ. But soon, when Christ does come, that time will end. I think of Noah building the ark. 120 years it took him to build the ark. Now, I know he didn't have the tools that we have today. And that seems like a long time, and I've not seen... The uh, replica there in Kentucky, that's one of my, my goals, to go see that. I don't know how, how long it, it would have taken. You know, going 120 years seems like a long time. Why wait so long? Did he work slow? What was happening? Well, I believe that God was giving them time to repent. Yeah. Noah, the preacher of righteousness, is preaching the righteousness of God. And he's giving them time to repent. And finally, that time was over. And, and then the door is shut, and the rain's coming down. And I can just imagine people going there to the, to the ark, just seeing that, that their lives are, are at stake. They're pounding on the door saying, Noah, let us in. Noah, let us in. Pounding on that door, wanting Noah to open the door. But Noah didn't shut the door. God did. And there's going to you reject God long enough, there's going to be a time where God will shut the door on you. There's going to be no more time for believers or for the lost to, to get saved. 
The story is told of a wealthy man who thought he had many years to live, and God said, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. He had 12 hours to live. This man pictures so many souls who are wandering oblivious into eternity, trying to heap more money and more things upon themselves. My wife and I were in San Leandro a few weeks ago, and we're with a Uh, A young lady, she was kind of giving her testimony. She got saved as a teenager and then rebelled against God. And she wanted to make all kinds of money. She says, I I was with some of the most wealthiest people. and, And she says, I wanted that lifestyle so much until I started to get to know those people. She says, they're miserable. They don't have Christ. Uh, She says, I realized that they don't have what the church has, what God has. And she says, I came back. And uh, she says, no more wandering for me. I'm back with the Lord. She says, I don't want what the world has. Kind of like the prodigal son. Several years ago, I was in a revival meeting, and, and I, I, just, I was fasting, and, and God was just, just working in my heart, and I was begging. I said, God, I don't know what I need, but I need something. I need something. I'm not sure what I'm asking you for, but I need something. And I was going to be preaching that night in this church, and and that afternoon, the Lord led me to go to a cemetery. You know, a cemetery is a good place to pray. I went to this cemetery, and uh, it was a place where our head usher was buried uh, just a few months before, Mr. Rainbolt, and started thinking about Mr. Rainbolt's life, just so faithful, greeting us every morning, giving us the bulletin. And I was just thinking about his life and, and uh, how faithful he was. And then I started looking at the other grave markers and, and started reading the different uh, things. I love to see, okay, well, what age did they die at? You know, how long ago was this? And, and so I'm reading through these things. I see their names. I see the dates. And of course, the dash represents their life. And then there's things on the tombstone that is written, such as uh, safe in the arms of Jesus or singing with the angels and different things are written on their tombstone. You know, they're at peace now and no more pain and all these kind of things. And and, and I'm sure in this cemetery, there's people, of course, that have come to know Christ, their Savior. but, But I wonder, did they really know Christ? Are they really in heaven or are they in the lake of fire or are they in hell? Where, where are they really? And I'm sure there's some that are in heaven that are represented here, but, but I'm sure that there's some that are in hell. And as I, I started thinking about that, and, and my heart began to become grieved and gripped, and, I, and, and the way the, the cemetery was laid out, it was like a congregation of people. Just the, 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 uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the grave markers were looking just right at me. And immediately in my heart, I wanted to preach and tell them, live for Christ. Think about eternity. And at that moment, as I'm, I'm, I'm just in my heart, I'm just wanting to say those things, I realized I can't. Their time is done. Their decisions have been made. That night I got up to preach, and when I opened up the Bible and I looked out, all I saw were grave markers. It says, Tim, now is the time. If we're going to live for Christ, it's now. Don't waste your life. Don't waste the vapor that God has given to you. Oh, what if you only had 12 hours? When Christ comes back, there's going to be no more time for those who have rejected Christ to come to a saving knowledge of Him. But then, when Christ comes back, there's no more time for believers to serve the Lord. He says in verse 12 of Revelation 22, And behold, I come quickly. 
and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Here there's going to be no more time to serve Christ. Now these rewards, salvation's not a reward, salvation's a gift, but once when we receive the gift of eternal life, we serve the Lord Jesus Christ out of a heart of love and gratitude. And rewards will only be given to those who have served the Lord. Some Christians will be alive when the Lord returns. Perhaps it's going to be us. But whatever we intend to do for Him, let's not put it off. Let's do it now. God's put a burden upon my heart, a kind of a calling, I I guess, to, to reach the city of Sacramento with a tent meeting in 2020, the fall of 2020. Sometimes I'm scared to death about it. I'm like, God, I don't know. And I'm trying, we're getting pastors and things together. We've been praying, uh, getting close to a year. Going to have a time of, 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 uh, of prayer in a mountain here in about a, a few more weeks. And, and, uh, and we're, we're seeking the Lord with these things. And the Lord just reminded me, Tim, if you're going to do anything now, do anything for me, do it now. If you're going to take steps of faith, do it now. If you're going to be obedient to God, do it now. Don't waste the time. Don't waste the vapor that you have. It must be done with urgency. The Lord said to King Hezekiah in Isaiah 38, verse 1, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. All of us will either die, or we will meet Christ at His return. Either way, this vapor will soon be passed, and we're going to stand before God. Now is the time to set our house in order. There's a pastor that I was very close to that uh, had a brain had a brain tumor and he passed away in December. And I just my heart just aches. He was in his early 60s. And that man, Pastor Harder, lived for eternity's values. He lived for the glory of God. To describe Pastor Harder's life is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. That's how you describe him. <laughs> Just the, just the fruit of the Spirit. And I remember uh, he was at our men's meeting, not last year, but the year before. And I sat next to him, and, and, uh, and he was uh, the message that, that uh, session was on being a man of God. And, and I just, at the end of that, I'm thinking as he's going through the qualities, the characteristics of a man of God, I'm like, that's Pastor Harder, that's Pastor Harder, that's Pastor Harder. And I just leaned over to him, and I said, I said Pastor Harder, thank you for being a man of God in my life. And he just began to weep, and and uh, and just uh, he, uh, he just he's just such a tender, sweet man. He, he grabbed my hand, just kissed it, and and I'm just thinking, God, thank you so much for this man that that you've used in my life. Uh, I didn't know that that was going to be the last time I would see him there at the men's meeting. Oh, I'm thankful for the life that he lived, for the vapor that he lived to the fullest. You have mothers that have lived their lives for the fullest. And they've gone on, but oh, we need to live our life to the fullest for Christ. And then, lastly, when Christ comes, there'll be no more time for believers to share the gospel with those who are lost. Note the final invitation given by the Word of God in verse 17. This is the final chapter. This is it. This is the last message. The last invitation. The last calling out. Verse 17, and the Spirit and the bride say, come. Come to Christ. Come to the One that, that, will, that will fill that void and that hole that's inside your life. 
Because everybody has a a God-sized hole that only God can fill. Come to Christ. What's the Holy Spirit's final message to the world? Come. Come to Christ. But then, notice that the Spirit and the Bride, the church, we have the same message. Come. Come to Christ. The Spirit and the Bride, the church's message, has the same, uh, the same calling out to come to Christ, but then individually. Look what it says here, and let him that heareth. You know Christ is your Savior? That's you and me. <laughs> let him that heareth say, come, come to Christ. The Spirit, the church, and our own lives of us who are believers should have the same passion, the same vision, the same heartbeat. Come to Christ. Who in this message, who's this message extended to? Look there in verse 17. Let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. The Lord wants all men to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is Christ's heartbeat. This is his desire. This is his last message. Come to Christ. The church has the same message as the Spirit, and we as individuals need to have the same message as the Spirit and the church. You see, in Revelation 22, there's two groups of people in the end. Those who enter into heaven and those who are on the outside into hell. Who do you desire to take to heaven with you? Eternity is our future. It's time that we think about it. We should live every day as if it were our last, that, when, that, uh, that we would uh, have eternity's values in view to set our affections on things above, not on things on the earth. I was in college, Bible college, preaching institution. Everybody that majors there majors in Bible. Uh, this is a, uh, a serious school, Ambassador Baptist College. We don't have uh, science and other things. I mean, our, our goal is ministry. And I'm taking Greek that semester. I'm, uh, I was praying that morning, and God was burdening on my heart to be a witness, to, be, to tell somebody about Christ. And I, the, the school's in a small little town of Lattimore. There's not many uh, people you can talk to there. <laughs> and so you got to go to Shelby, uh, go to the city. And I said, okay, Lord, uh, when school's done, I'm going to go into Shelby and I'm going to try to hand out a few uh, tracks and see if I can talk to somebody about the gospel. Well, I got to Greek class that day and I realized how far behind I was. <laughs> and I thought, oh man, I better get, get back to the dorm and work on this Greek. I am behind. So I got back, went back to the dorm and thinking, I'm going to have to put off going into the town after this. I, I've got to, maybe I can do it tomorrow. My dorm mate comes in and, and uh, I can tell his heart's not right with God. Uh, several months into the semester, uh, he just seems to be going downhill. At first, he was excited about being there. Now, he's just miserable. Doesn't want to be there. He's got a, a rotten attitude. And we start talking a little bit. And, and uh, I didn't really want to talk to him. I wanted to get my Greek done. And, and the Lord's like, no, Tim, put away the Greek. Talk to him. So I started talking to my friend Jason. And, and, uh, and Jason's looking at his top drawer. And he says, man, I really need to clean this drawer out. I wasn't very bold back then. But I said, Jason, you need to clean your heart out first. I said, you've got to get right with God. He then sat in the chair, 
And for the next hour and a half, I began, as God just, just worked in my heart, I preached to him everything. I mean, there, if I had ever read a verse, God was having me quote it. Uh, I had never quoted so much scripture. I'm going through everything. I'm going through the holiness of God. Someday you're going to see God. I'm going through the love of God. Uh, I'm going through all these things. And finally, at the end of it, I just I said, Jason, I don't know what else to say to you. I've gone through just about everything. And then he began to say, Tim, you have gone through just about everything. Got a little teary-eyed. And he says, but Tim, you didn't ask me if I was saved. He starts crying. He says, Tim, I'm not saved. Tim, i got to get saved. I said, well, Jason, you know what to do? He dropped to his knees. And he's kind of a tough type of a guy. And he starts bawling like a baby. Begging God to save him. And all that, I, I just, I was shocked. I thought, he's not saved. And, uh, and so uh, he prays and accepts Christ. And we hug each other. We're both crying. We had to get to the, to the school after that. Uh, uh, and uh, we got in his car. He had a firebird. And he went the speed limit. And I said, now I know you're saved. <laughs> <laughs> he began to tell people at the school of what had happened. And, and people were stunned. They, they couldn't believe it. They're like, no way. No way. I mean, he had in the beginning when he came, he seemed like he had such a heart. But he says, Tim, I was playing a lie. He went to Pensacola for several years. He says, in the youth group, I just faked it. Pensacola, I just faked it. I've been here at Ambassador. I'm just faking it. He says, I know nobody thought that I was lost, but he says, I've been this entire time. He called his mother. Everyone was shocked. Except for his mom. Mom says, Jason, I've been praying for you for years. I knew you were lost. I'm so glad to hear that she came to know Christ. Oh, God changed his life. Maybe you're here this morning and your mom's been praying for you. You know that you're lost. You need Jesus Christ. Jason later told me, he says, Tim, I think that was my last shot. He says, I've been rejecting it for years. He says, I thought that was it. He says, if I didn't get saved right then, he says, I think God would have, would have shut the door. Is God shutting the door on you today? Do you know if you died today that you'd go to heaven? Do you know if your sins are forgiven? The spirits say, come to Christ. The church says, come to Christ. And we that have heard say, come to Christ. And him that is a thirst, come and let him, whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. What if you only had 12 hours to live? Let's look to the Lord in prayer.